You're listening to a Sunday service podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. We're a faith community committed to racial justice, a place where we practice a deep and authentic welcome, where we listen deeply to where love is calling us next, and a place where with humility, courage, and compassion, we act for justice in the world. To learn more, please visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org. What do you love about Christmas? Presents. Yeah. (laughs) Gifts can be pretty wonderful. It's such a delight to receive something from someone who really thought about what would make your heart smile. I really love it when someone sends me a beautiful poem or takes me out to a special dinner. I love that too. It's not about it's not all about presents. I love Christmas because of family and magic. Mm. It is a magical time of year. What's magical for you? The lights. They're so beautiful. I especially like the colored ones. What is your Christmas magic? Oh, there's so much magic this time of year. Lights, uh, flowers that bloom only at Christmas, surprises. The delight of making, um, giving, and receiving the miraculous stories of Christmas. I think what is most magical to me is about how people show up this time of year in this kind of joyful resistance, right? Putting up lights and snuggling under the blanket and sitting by the fire if you have one. These are the ways that we resist the darkness and cold. Sending out cards with messages of connection, love, and hope. This is how we resist being alone and creating wonder for ourselves and our loved ones to resist cynicism and despair. I love snuggling under a blanket and watching Christmas movies. That's always special. I think so too. Spending time with loved ones and memories of loved ones is the best magic. Come, let us worship together.
Hi, my name is Lucia Lamboglia, and I am a fourth grader. As a member of the holiday giving team, I learned a lot attending meetings. Working with adults felt more organized than working with kids only. <laughs> kids have ideas, but sometimes they don't know how to act on them or can't act without adults' help. Now that I'm older, I understand that the holidays aren't only about presents, but about spending time together and finding ways to help others. Hi, my name is Carlos Amboglia, and I'm the proud father of Lucia, and two other kids, Sienna and Matea. All three of them, as well as my wife, Erica, participated in the holiday giving team. I'm grateful for this church and grateful to have served on this team. Being part of this team stretched my understanding of racial justice and transformed how I think about the holidays. We talked about how the holidays mean to us in the group. And we developed a, a vision that the holidays could be so much more if we simply decided to keep the good, change the unnecessary, and act on the possible. As a team, we wanted to focus on racial justice in our holiday giving. After many conversations, we narrowed our focus to two main points. First, to encourage the congregation to act on how each of us can reimagine the holidays. For my family, this means that instead of sharing gifts with other adults in our family, we will organize a volunteer activity and use those funds to support a local nonprofit. And two, to support Black Lives of Unitarian Universalism, Blue. This was the most fascinating part of the entire project. We were fortunate to have Lena Gardner, Blue Executive Director and member of our church on the team. Blue is a black-led organization focused on supporting black UU members. More information about Blue is available in the social hall. Blue is led by an executive director, governed by an organizing collective board, and guided by various groups, including an advisory team and financial transparency group. To me, what's most appealing about Blue is that being black-led, they are the most adept at addressing the needs of the black UU community. I'm also excited about the housing project they are beginning in North Minneapolis. With this project, Blue is trying to address the housing needs in the community in a sensible way, while trying to prevent the gentrification that is displacing the North Minneapolis community. Having acquired eight vacant residential lots in North Minneapolis, Blue is exper experimenting with various business building designs, understanding that the most directly affected people are the experts in their own lives. Blue will seek the input from the North Minneapolis community. I'm excited to support Blue. To me and my family, our support will have a direct impact in our community. Also, we feel that by supporting Blue, we can do our part in helping restore some of the many wrongs that the black community has endured over many centuries. 
I hope you will join, join us in reimagining joy and justice. This holiday season and in supporting Blue now and in the years to come. Happy holidays. I think many of you know this, uh, know that I've been preparing for a six-month sabbatical, which will begin in just two weeks. Um, it's, it's all happening so quickly now. There's been all this planning and thinking, and now we're just in this last little place. And what's true is that I am really enjoying these final weeks here. I'm not leaving yet. Several people after the first service were like, see you later. I'm like, no, I'm not leaving quite yet. I'm still around. I mean, they weren't saying it in a way of like, See you later, sucker. It was just like, like this came up fast. I can't, I'm like, so I'm still here for two more weeks. And what's true is I'm really enjoying the, these final weeks here. And I have some grief, actually, about what I will miss when I'm away. Um, part of what's lifted up this grief is moving through these different meetings I've been in. You know, my last board meeting that's coming up this Thursday, the last annual giving team meeting, my last meeting with the racial justice change team, all of those things, and realizing that it'll be six months, and then I'll be back with those teams, but I'm going to miss things and miss you all while I am away. One of the things I will really miss are our weekly worship team meetings. 
They do not all go like this, but let me tell you about the meeting we had this last Wednesday. After a reading and a check-in question, which Ruth, Reverend Ruth does every time we meet, she asked us, as she always does, to review the previous Sunday's service. How did it go? She said, how was the service? And I raised my hand, which I don't normally do in our worship team meetings, and I said, very seriously, I have a question. Where is the adult toy swap happening? And the whole team burst out laughing, kind of like many of you did. Now, if you weren't here last week, let me catch you up to speed on this. Let me explain. As part of our holiday giving efforts this year, as we really reimagine the holidays and our relationship to the holidays, as we work to reduce our spending and our consumption, we thought it would be a great idea to hold a toy swap. Adults could bring in lately used children's toys and games and then leave with a different toy or a game for their child. It was for adults only, it was the adult only toy swap, because we wanted kids to be surprised. It was all very innocent. But when this was announced last Sunday, it was announced as an adults only toy swap. With, with as Jen reminded me, with interactive stations. And I could see, like, I was up in the balcony for this service, but I could feel the eyebrows rising, like, oh, what kind of church did I just wander into? Like, what, what's going on here exactly? So in the worship team meeting, as we recounted this experience, there was laughter, just like there's laughter here, and a lot of just plain joy at the silliness of it all. And there was a lot of gratitude that we don't take ourselves too seriously, as a church or as a worshiping community. So we reviewed the rest of the service, and then we started making plans, final plans, for the worship service this Sunday, this service we're experiencing. We spent time talking about and reflecting on the new lyrics for Fantasia on Christmas carols, lyrics faithful to the spirit of the original, but rewritten and reimagined by our own Shelley Desolée. There's a really powerful story behind the work that Shelley did in this rewriting and reimagining. And I want to share that with you, with Shelley's permission. This is something she also shared in The Liberal. Several months ago, Randy, our choir director, reached out to Shelley to see if she would rewrite and reimagine these lyrics. Um, this is something Shelley has done before to shape these pieces of music in a way that really reflects our theological orientation. And so in Shelley's words, she writes this. She says, I accepted the call to reimagine the text just a few days following the unexpected tragic death of our son, Taylor. I accepted thinking perhaps this would help ground my suddenly untethered spirit. And then, says Shelley, only a few weeks later, I was in Florida providing comfort care to my mother in her final days, a period of indefinite waiting in which I began to consider writing the new text. As I sat with and cared for my mother, time lost its hold on me and I was no longer waiting. I was simply present. I felt a singular knowing of the light and love that connects us all. I felt the tragedy of one death unwind itself to weave 
the peace of this coming death, and the two became one. In that oneness, I found the themes I wanted to explore in the new text. We move apart from one another as a function of our minds when ruled by our egos and when we view the world as a place to control. We come together when we release control and recognize the light and love that connects us all, and thus we change the world. Shelley, in working on this piece, you explored the timeless themes of disconnection and estrangement from self, from others, from community, and then what it's like to come home, to return to love, to know yourself held somehow, despite the grief and the sorrow. In this work, you touched upon a perennial truth and you shared it with us. The text that you've written, it reminds me of a poem from Hafez, a 14th century Persian poet, who says this, out of a great need, he writes, we are all holding hands and climbing. Not loving is a letting go. Listen, the terrain around here is far too dangerous for that. Shelley, out of a great need, you rewrote these lyrics, and it is a gift you've given to us. And church, I wonder this morning, what better gift could be offered in this time of incredible need, this time of brokenheartedness and hearts breaking open, this time of climate crisis and ecological collapse, this time when a few have more than they could possibly use in a hundred lifetimes, and many have scarcely enough for their one lifetime. What better gift can be offered this season than the reminder to hold tight to one another, to recognize the light and the love that connects us all across time and space? In just a moment, we will hear the choir sing these words. When all around us falls apart, we know the truth that lifts our heart. There's something new and beautiful. Love is ready to be born. And friends, love is always ready to be born. Love is born when we hold tightly to one another through loss and grief and despair. Love is born as we work to protect and defend our democracy to free human beings from cages, to offer sanctuary, to those at risk of deportation, to dismantle white supremacy culture and practices to support the leadership of people of color. Love is born as we hold hands and climb, finding new ways to be in the holiday season, new ways to imagine justice, new ways to reduce our holiday consumption, new ways to support black lives of Unitarian Universalism. And I'll tell you, as I sat in that worship team meeting last Wednesday, I realized it really isn't the worship team that is creating worship. It is all of us. It is the choir and the musicians and you in the pews. It is all of us in this space when we remember what is of worth 
and of value in our lives, when we remember what we love and what is of worth, worthship, worship. Love is born here, in this worship space by our shared tears, by remembering those who are here in spirit, by remembering those who came before us and those who will come after. It is born here by our laughter and our silence, by our prayers, by our singing, by our promises, by our commitments, by our holding hands with one another and not letting go because the terrain is far too dangerous for that. May it be so, and amen. In just a minute, we will help love be born in a particular way. We will give and receive our offering for our holiday giving recipient, Black Lives of Unitarian Universalism. But before that, I just want to say a few words of appreciation to our holiday giving team. You've seen some of them the last couple of months. It has been a truly multi-generational team. We have learned how to work together across the ages. We have dived deeply into our racial justice learning and commitments, and we have had a lot of fun together as a team. Uh, and I particularly want to thank my co-chair, uh, Isabel Quast, in helping to lead the holiday giving team and for the vision and energy and just compassion brought to this work. So will you join me in thanking Isabel and our holiday giving team? And Carlos is here, and Erica's down there, and Katrina and Luna were here earlier, and just this amazing group of people. So what good work. Blue is working on projects and connecting black UUs all over the country. But locally, they have purchased eight lots in North Minneapolis, with the intention of creating a black-owned housing cooperative with 32 housing units planned. We are thrilled that one of Blue's largest projects is taking place in our own backyard. We are committing our holiday giving for the next five years to Blue. We hope this long-term partnership will help our congregation lean into learning, understanding, and growing into the work of racial justice particularly within our own faith. Blue provides us with an incredible opportunity to not just talk the talk, but walk the walk of working with and learning from black activists and leadership. When our committee first started meeting about this holiday giving initiative, we chatted about the congregation as a whole, what we are capable of and what are the possibilities. There was a general consensus that as a congregation, we are hungry to be part of the change we hope to see in the world. We are ready to push ourselves out of the comfort zone because that is what is necessary to do in order to dismantle white supremacy culture. When working with Blue, we are not in charge of their projects. We are in a support position and learning and committing to supporting black leadership in an authentic way will help us all learn how to be better allies and better activists for racial justice. I realize this is out of the comfort zone for many. We are used to leading the charge and ready to come in with ideas and plans, but this is an incredible opportunity for us to take a step back. Understand that supporting black leadership means allowing black leadership to lead. With our holiday giving, we are reimagining joy and justice. 
We are moving resources to help black leadership and living into our commitment to racial justice. Will the ushers please come forward?
Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting our ministry. Text First Univ, that's F I R S T U N I V, to 73256 to make your gift. If you are able to join us in person for Sunday worship, we'd love to see you in church. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org.